Alex Stumpf, DKPittsburghSports.com, joins me often on Sunday mornings because, you know, it's what I do. And usually when Alex and I get together, we like to sit down and crunch the numbers. And we like to talk about what the numbers say about the Pirates' performance in recent days. It's probably more like a couple weeks because I wasn't here last week. So probably expanding the scope a little bit. But there's been a few new faces on this Pirates roster. There's been a lot of moves being made. Ben Charrington doing a lot here and there. So the faces have been different. And the performance is probably not the same as we've seen over the past couple of weeks. So we're going to break that down with Alex here right now on 93.7 The Fan. Alex, my man, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Always good to talk to you, Alex. Always. I want to go through a couple guys here on the roster because we've seen some changes made uh, in the lineup here in the past couple of days for whatever reason, DFAs, injuries, whatever have you. Let's start. I, I want to get started with this guy because I think he's starting to come on here in the past couple of weeks and Starting to perform a little bit more like we expected him to. Granted, the team results haven't looked the same, but Brian Reynolds, what have the numbers shown us about Brian Reynolds here in the last couple of weeks? I mean, let's just start off with the one that sticks out to me the most. Not only has he looked a lot better than he did at any point last year, and this has been a very close to 2019 stretch that he's been on throughout this first month. The way he's hitting the ball, he's actually a little bit on the unlucky side here. Uh, if you go by his batting average, it's 287. If you look at his expected through Statcast, it's closer to 300. Slugging percentage, 426. Expected, 500. Like here's a guy who's really seen the ball well, making good contact, and just haven't seen it fall for a lot of extra base hits right now. I think if he continues through this batted ball profile that he's got going on right now, we're going to start seeing that change still. Yeah, that's definitely something I've noticed, too. Just the, the quality of at-bats, I think, from Brian Reynolds has been a lot different. Now, Kevin Newman, the, the, we saw him in spring training, and it seemed like there wasn't a ball he couldn't put a barrel on. But as we look at right now, through 91 plate appearances, 198, 231, 256, those are his slash numbers. What are the numbers saying about Kevin Newman? What changed? Yeah, there's not a whole lot of optimism with Kevin Newman. Like, yeah, the batted ball profile is a little better than what he's done, but it's still far from actually good. Uh, like you said, in spring training, he just couldn't, you know, seem to make it out at any point, and now it's the opposite way around. Uh, Derek Shelton and him, they, they both alluded to that he's been working on some things in the cage, in games, didn't get into specifics of what it was. He has hit a couple more fly balls recently. That's a an encouraging sign that maybe something is, you know, getting addressed foundationally. But, yeah, it just hasn't been a good start for him. If there's any positive from Kevin Newman's first month this season, the glove has actually been pretty good, which is a nice surprise for, you know, Pirates there. We'll get back to position players in a second. I want to work through the pitchers here for a moment. Specifically in the bullpen, Dwayne Underwood Jr. is a name that I think a lot of people heard, didn't know a lot about, and then when we saw more of him – the the results, the early returns have been pretty promising. 15 innings, 20 strikeouts, uh, only, um, let's see here, if I'm looking at my numbers correctly, only 19 base runners allowed. What do the numbers say about Dwayne Underwood Jr.? Dwayne Underwood Jr. has very quietly one of the best change-ups in, in the game going right now. Like you, you mentioned the 20 strikeouts, 11 of them are with the change-up wow. so far this season. Hitters are two for 20 against it, both of those singles. So we're talking about, uh, you know, a 100 batting average. You're, you're five times as likely to strike out than actually put a ball in play there. 
And he's actually thrown it more than he's thrown any other one of his pitches, including the fastball. And that's kind of interesting to go with that. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those, he, he's throwing a few more sinkers. It seems to tunnel a little better off of the sinker, play off of that. If there is any downside to what Dwayne Underwood Jr. has done so far is he's inherited five runners and all five of them have scored. Maybe he's the type of guy that you just got to give him the clean inning to see what's going on there. But yeah, he's looked like someone who could be a multi-inning reliever for this team going forward. All right. I got to get to the one that I think is catching a lot of people off guard, but give him credit. You give him the ball, he gets the job done. Richard Rodriguez, go. Richard Rodriguez has just thrown the fastball, and that's about it. And I'm trying to – I think it was Tyler Anderson. This was a couple of days ago, and I'm blanking on the name, but I'm pretty sure it was Anderson that whenever he threw – they say whenever he throws a slider anymore, they joke at him like, what, what's the matter? You, you got scared there? What, what was going on there? But he's he's relying on the fastball. It's a high spin pitch, a very high spin pitch. He can throw it up in the zone. It has the illusion of rise. Batters can't really catch up to it. it, it it's a really good weapon, and you know what? He's just relying 100% on it right now. Now, with that said, I want to go from the bullpen back to the starting rotation. JT Brubaker saw his first rough night on Friday night. I think we finally saw him start to get roughed up a bit. But those first four starts, really promising for him. I mean, granted, his ERA ballooned to 2.63 at this point. But still, 27 in the third innings, 30 strikeouts, only five walks. He's done really well. 28 base runners in 27 in the third innings. What do the numbers say about JT Brubaker specifically in that month of April as it started to turn into May? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think Brubaker even really got that hit that hard on on Friday. I mean, by comparison to what he's doing, yeah, five innings, three runs, isn't great. But he probably could have gone the sixth inning if it wasn't for you know the pinch hitter actually coming up. What Brubaker has done very well. It's a good combination of not giving up walks and getting chases out of the zone, and it's not a coincidence that both of those two tied together hmm. because whenever you actually do throw a ball, the hitter's still inclined to chase it. He was someone who, in the minors, basically came up, he was sinker slider. That was his repertoire. And now that he's in the majors, he's been embracing the four-seamer more, so now he can throw the fastball all throughout the zone. He has a high-spin curveball that he's that he can tunnel off that high fastball, and the sinker and slider, they still play off of one another. So here's, he's quietly got four pitches that rank, you know, either between, like, you know, roughly major league average to actually plus pitches. And whenever you have that wider repertoire and you have plus control that's going to play in the major leagues alex stump dk pittsburgh sports.com covers the pirates joins me right now on 93.7 the fan alex just saw a few new faces over the past couple days here one of them as outfielder kai tom and this is a guy only three games in last night we saw a, a really difficult play in the outfield nolan arenado dropped a fly ball right in front of him that skipped past him and ended up scoring two runs and that kind of broke the game open but Kai Tom is a guy who had a little bit of intrigue attached to him, had been with the you know the other group on the alternate site, and now he's getting an opportunity. What are you seeing from him so far, and what should we expect from him as a player? thing that really stood out to me, at least as a hitter, is all these at-bats seem to be you know marathons. Like There is no such thing as an easy at-bat against this guy, it looks like. Uh, he's drawn, I believe it's four walks so far. Sack flying another one. I know he had like a, a dribbler-based hit. So, like, batting average slugging aren't great, but, you know, he's getting on base. He's 
making pitchers throw pitches, which at the bottom of the lineup, that's not a bad thing to have right there. And then, yeah, poor Nolan Arenado has just been torture on this poor guy in left field three times. There's been a <laughs> bloop extra base hit that he just couldn't quite get to. It's a long time. He's got a long time to actually prove something. Pirates don't exactly have a ton of outfield options right now at the moment, so he's going to get a look. If he does something, then, yeah, maybe he could stick in the outfield because, again, besides Reynolds and Polanco, who's quietly been fairly decent so far, they just don't really have a third option at the moment. I was going to ask you about Gregory Polanco. He stung a ball last night at Arenado, and he tried to snag it on that line drive. It got behind him. That ended up leading to a run, which cut the lead to 5-3 to three for the Cardinals, and they eventually started to pull away. But Gregory Polanco starting to put some solid contact on the ball. You and I, have neither of us have been shy explaining pretty much that Gregory Polanco is a guy who's going to miss a bat often, but when he does, it goes a long way. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But what do the numbers tell you about what Gregory Polanco's done so far? Well, it's roughly league average results right now as, as far as the play goes. I mean, it's a down year so far offensively, but you've got to like the 11% walk rate. You've got to like the isolated power. And, of course, you've got to love the exit velocities. I mean, he's still... <laughs> He's still way up there, like hard hit rate, top 20% of hitters. Whenever he actually dials up, like max, it's in the top 2%. Like it's, it's really good stuff whenever he does make contact. He's chasing fewer pitches. He's making contact, not exactly at a, a great rate for either one of those. I mean, both of them are still kind of poor, but, you know, it, it went from almost unusable to just poor, which is a huge step up there. Uh, Look, we all know what it is with Gregory Polanco. If he makes contact, it's going to be hard contact. It could be base hits. It could be home runs. As long as he keeps cutting down on those chases, if he can continue putting the bat on the ball, he's going to do better. And, hey, you know what? Last night, that RBI hit that he had, two-strike swing, it was definitely shortened up. He was just going out there to get the ball, to get the bat to the ball. That was a very, a very encouraging sight to see. Now, Alex, we talked a couple weeks ago. And at, the, at the time, when we talked two Sundays ago, I believe that was April 18th, Pirates were getting ready to take two out of three from Milwaukee. They, they beat them 6-5 to five. that day. That afternoon, they beat them in 10 innings 6-5. to five. After that, they go to Detroit, take two out of three from the Tigers. Then they go to Minnesota, take two out of three from the Twins, and things look pretty good. Then that two-game series with Kansas City that they split, then Kansas City came around. I don't know if it was teams from Missouri, but for some odd reason, things just started to change. I talked about this earlier. I think it was maybe on the nightly sports call. I was talking about how this was a team that was actually not beating themselves as much in the first couple weeks of the season. Past week or so, that's starting to change. What does that look like to you? And, and there's is there a, a source for it, or maybe is it just some number starting to even out here? I mean, in the bullpen's case, I think it is some numbers starting to even out. I think this is a very good group, but they were pitching to like a one ERA during that hmm. six-series stretch, and you just simply cannot rely on them to do that for a really extended period of time. 
I mean, that's part of the reason why they're able to get back to having a winning record, <clears throat> excuse me, after starting behind one and six. Uh, fundamentally, we're seeing some more errors there. I mean, two last night, the night before, Adam Frazier makes the great play and he made a greater, even better one last night. But on Friday, he follows up that great play with the botched, you know, error that ended up causing a run. I mean, we, we can look at Tom with the base running gaff. It, it's just a lot of, a little, some leaks in the dam, I guess would be the way to phrase it. Because this team has shown that whenever they play to their capacity, they could hang with the best teams in baseball. You brought up the Brewery Series. They took care of the Twins. They, tw- they took care of the Cubs. Like, those are good teams. Like, the, the Royals, they ended up splitting that series, and they had the best record, or record in baseball coming into that series. So... Whenever they are right, this isn't a bad team. It's actually a good team whenever everything is going right. There are just a whole lot of things that have to go right for that to happen. And whenever you do see a couple you know, leaks in the dam, you end up losing games 12-5 to 5 like last night. Now let's, let's shift gears here. I want to get into the roster specifically. We saw a couple guys come and go. The center field situation seems to be a revolving door. We went from uh, Dustin Fowler, and then we saw um, – Ah, name escaped me that quick. That's what happens when you get rid of Anthony Anderson. Alford. Anthony Alford, thank you. you. That that's a name that came that came and went. Now Brian Reynolds is getting run in center field, but there's this whole Brian Goodwin situation that's kind of hanging over everybody's heads. Ben Charrington addressed it this past week. What's going on here, and how do we make sense of what's going on with the Pirates and Brian Goodwin? Yeah, I think. I mean, just to. Uh, repeat what Ben Sherrington said. He didn't want to get into too many details, said that there should be a resolution on that in the coming days. But Brian Goodwin had an opt-out for some time in May, and now he is not on the Indianapolis roster. So there are really three scenarios that it could possibly be. Either Goodwin opted out or was released. Um, he is either reworking his contract in some sort, of, some sort of situation that would let him go to Indianapolis and move that opt-out date back further. Or maybe, you know, maybe Brian Goodwin's about to be joining the Pirates. I don't think it's the third one, though, but you have to put that out, you know, just in the realm of possibility right there. But, yeah, I, I don't. it kind of looks like Brian Goodwin isn't going to factor into this outfield situation for the Pirates, at least for right now, and who knows if they'll be able to retain his services for the future. Like you said, like, they went into the season, Dustin Fowler, Anthony Alford, those are the guys they were going to try in center field. Neither one of them worked. They're putting... Reynolds out there right now, and they do like Reynolds more in left field than center field. Like they're giving him the shot there out of necessity, and it's not like they hate him in center field, but they think he's a Gold Glove competitor or contender out in left. And last year he almost was. He probably would have been at least nominated for a Gold Glove if he hadn't gone into center field for the last couple of weeks of the season and hmm. you know hurt the amount of volume of work he could do in left. So there's the Pirates are going to need someone in center field going forward. Trevor Swaggerty and Pressed the front office so much that he's actually skipping double A, going straight to triple A. He could be in the mix later in the year. Jared Oliver's hurt with an oblique injury. Maybe he can, you know, factor into the, you know, situation later this year. For now, though, Reynolds in center most of the time. Tom Evans, Defoe is like extra corner infielders for right now. Maybe that'll end up being a little more concrete once Hayes ends up coming back. Alex, appreciate it as always. Talk to you soon, brother. Thanks for having me on. Follow him on Twitter, Alex J. Stump. That's with a F on the end of the stump.